Welcome to Mental Health and You. This podcast brings you the best information and advice from across the Norfolk and Suffolk Foundation Trust. Every fortnight, we will hear from one of our specialist areas, be it school and parent support, the recovery college, well-being or research. Today's podcast will be reflecting on the last two years of living in a pandemic and is presented to you by Rachel, that's me, hello, and Tim. That's me, hello. Who are peer support workers who work within the wellbeing service. Today's podcast will cover what are peer support workers, reflections on the past two years, and sharing peer support workers' stories and reflections. We hope that you come away from today's podcast with an understanding of the different ways the last two years affected people and the strategies they have used to support themselves through this unprecedented time. So just to introduce peer support work to you if you're not familiar with it, peer support workers all have their own experience of living with mental health challenges and we share our experience of this with others along with our recovery stories to offer hope. We use our experience of recovery to help people to make sense of what they are going through and to explore what may support them in their own recovery. Like I said, yeah, we're going to be um, reflecting on the last two years of the pandemic. And Tim, I don't know about you, it's a, a pretty big topic, I think, I'm yeah, thinking so, about this. Such a big question, isn't it? Like, so much has happened in, in so many different ways. Um, that, yeah, so I was thinking, how do we fit this into 20, 30 minutes? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. We might have to do some serious editing, Tim. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, like we said, it's, it's quite unprecedented, isn't it? You know? Yeah, for sure. I find myself in a really strange place or a dichotomy even between uncertainty and certainty. Mm. Like lockdown came with a lot of certainties. Today would be the same as yesterday. Tomorrow mm. will be the same as today. But also the uncertainty of like what what's what's going to change now. That adds another level of uncertainty. Um, but also the monotony of lockdown. So that I've, I've always found for myself, there was a lot of conflict in mental health and that just happened to be another one. <laughs> Mm. And and like you say, it's it's that uncertainty versus certainty. I don't know about you, but with my own anxiety, I find uncertainty and ambiguity very very challenging. Um, and I've, I've had to do sort of a lot of work to to learn to tolerate it because in in Rachel's world, you know, everything would be under my control. It would be certain. It would be pre- predictable. There would be nothing that just pops up and I've had to learn that actually the world doesn't work like that the world is actually full of uncertainty and ambiguity and had to sort of increase my tolerance for it so for me personally you know when each time we were locked down um, I I don't know if my experience is is very unusual I know it's, it's it's not all that common but I I was okay you know my anxiety um went on a nice holiday (laughs) disappeared um because it was like okay you're telling me that i can't shouldn't go out or i should go out limited amounts of times you're telling me not to do all of those things that provoke my anxiety like driving my car or going new places or doing different things so actually it was like okay yeah this is this is all right and and like I say you know I know that's not the experience of everyone I know people have had very opposite experiences of you know the lockdown really heightening their anxiety and the way that we're feeling but like you say you had that certainty of no this is what you're doing 
this is what you've got to do, you've been told to do this, do it. And then what's happening for me now is because things are, were opened up, but because it was like, no, you can go out and do this, and you can do that, and do this and do that. Actually, my experience now is that my anxiety is hitting me really, really very hard. And, you know, I'm finding that I'm being triggered a lot more than I was previously, because obviously, you know, my anxiety hasn't had to deal with any of these things. So yeah. I think, yeah, like you say, for me, it's this period where we've got uncertainty. That's what I'm sort of finding sort of, sort of difficult in this no, moment. I totally get that. And I felt, do you know, I felt the same as you when, when mm. lockdown started, because it, it almost felt familiar to me because I've been in a place before where I wasn't leaving the house and I was very much inside in my own little tin version of lockdown. Mm. Um, and do you know what, when it, it made me worry because I was like, how long can I do this for before my old, the, the old habits I used to have creep in, like those mm. older coping mechanisms come in. How long can I, is this sustainable for? And um as opposed to it being a choice to stay in and not go out and avoid, it became something that was enforced on me um, to stay in and, and not go out and avoid. Um, and I think it became a case of how do I frame this in my mind? And for me, it, it was thinking about I've been here before and I know what works and I know what doesn't work. A big challenge for me was that um, being supported by the people around me has always been integral to my recovery. Um, so I remember on the first week of lockdown, one of the things I do on a Sunday is I take my niece to the shops um, and she spends way, far more money than we agree, but she's a hard <laughs> negotiator. Um, and I remember turning up to my brother's house to collect her and um, my sister-in-law looked out the window and she was like, Tim, it's lockdown, you can't. And just this overwhelming, the, the reality of it, the overwhelming sadness that I'm actually alone again. Mm. Um, and so I sort of wandered home and it made me reflect that I'm kind of, I'm, I know how to handle this. Like I've been here before. I know what things I have to do, but I'm going to have to figure out some new things because I can't do all the things I used to. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, you know, for, for those of us who, who lived on our own uh, or live on our own, rather, at the, the first kind of lockdowns, there was no such thing as um, support bubbles yeah. were there. You know, so there's there's me. You know, I live on my own. I live on my own quite happily. To be honest with you, it, it it suits me. Didn't think it would. It does. And then it's like, okay, uh, so something's broken in the house. So I'd normally get my dad to come around and fix it. Can't do that. Can't do this. And yeah, like like you say, you're like, well, I manage this every single day because this is how my life is because I live on my own. But now I can't do those things or see those people that I would normally see and not think about. It was kind of like, oh, okay, how, how do we do this differently? So, you know, we had a joy of a family WhatsApp uh, video call once a Sunday, which was really nice. But technology doesn't always go how you want. And people all talk at once, don't they? And it was like, yeah. oh. But actually, that, that was really nice. Or when you could get a takeaway, you know, um, I arranged it with my mum and dad to... Uh, dad would get the, get the takeaway he'd hang it on my door because we, we live sort of quite close and then we'd, we'd eat it over skype which was again really odd but actually really nice at the same time and yeah like you say i think for, for those of us who live on our own it was like oh okay this this is quite challenging and, and obviously you know since then support bubbles happened and, and all of that which did make that you know kind of easier but 
I think you said something about uh, not going back to old behaviours and old sort of um, coping strategies. And that's really interesting because that's where I find myself now. So my anxiety is, is flaring quite a bit. And, you know, previously my way to deal with anxiety was avoidance. So yeah. don't, don't like it, don't do it. And, okay, I can't admit, you know, oh, no, I'm not doing that because I actually am. But it's like you've got that knowledge of, do you know, when you did this before, what the outcome was. Yeah. And you've done this before. And actually, let, let's sit and think about this. You know, so you, so I've, I've got to get petrol for my car at some point because it's, it's literally had a tank of petrol that's lasted a year. <laughs> and, and I need to go and sort it. I know my car really has gone nowhere. Um, but I keep it's like that. Won't do it now because of this. Won't do it now because of that. And I know that that's not helpful. And I know I just need to go right. Car money. Go to garage. Fill up car. Lovely. And and sort it out. But yeah, we do kind of kind of learn and learn about having to sort of dig deep into our own resilience and resources. You know, and and I know for myself, you know, it was difficult. But like you said, I've been here before. I got through this before. All right, it's very different circumstances, but I know that I can do it, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And again, it resonates with me in a big way. So I find my, my standards for other people um, are different to the standards I have for myself. So I always see other people as stronger than they think they are. And it mm. was it was it was um, a nice reflection to try and turn that on myself and kind of relearn that self-compassion that I'd maybe that maybe become automatic mm. and thinking again, actually I know I can do this. This doesn't this isn't this isn't back to square one. It's just a different square entirely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think it was kind of relearning that self-compassion. And actually I'm grateful for it because it's something that I've been more mindful of. Mm. Uh, not be so critical not be so judgmental of myself and you know I get it wrong you know it's okay not to be okay and don't don't all you don't have to get it right all the time um I think it was yeah so I totally I totally get where you're coming from mm. and and like you say you know it's it's kind of we, we've had that experience all right in a very different different kind of manner but actually I can get through this and there's going to be ups and downs and there's going to be days that are really unpleasant and days that are, that are all right. And it's kind of, it's riding that wave, isn't it? In terms of, you know, there are things that we can control, things that are completely out of our control, right. but we, we can do it. I mean, I'm, I'm gently, I feel, I feel like a little tortoise coming out <laughs> of her shell or, or something like that at the minute. So I'm very gently kind of doing stuff that, you know, during, during lockdowns, we were told not to. So uh, online shopping, oh, yeah, really got into that. <laughs> but now instead of, you know, in, in, instead of getting a, uh, a birthday card off the internet, I'm going into an actual physical shop. So I'm walking into town, which is good because it's giving me, you know, uh, exercise, which has gone out the window. Um, so that's nice. You know, there is the anxiety of, oh, I don't want to do this. No, let's not. And the, the rest of me is going, do you know what? It's all right. You mm. can do this, you know. And it's actually made me more decisive when it comes to getting stuff because I can be the person sitting there with, with several different cards going, well, should I get that one or that one? Now it is literally, I'm a woman on a mission. Go <laughs> in. Awesome. Here it is. Find it, get it, buy it, go. And each time I do it, you know, I have... I have such a level of 
of um yeah I guess pride really that I've done it you know I could have avoided it now I did it um and I've got it and I wear glasses so a mask cold weather going into a warm shop it's it's never much fun because you steam up and you can't see where you're going and, and things like that but I know that I need to do that so I know that I need to 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 keep doing that to keep challenging it but like you said about self-care and self-compassion for me it's doing it gently yeah so not going I'm going to sit in a pub with lots of people no I'm going to do this at a pace that suits me but also understanding that sometimes I do need to really challenge myself so yeah it can be like a like a fine line that, that we kind of walk really um and I think I don't know about you Tim but it was also appreciating the small things in life absolutely yeah and it, it, it really became a question of small things and not necessarily just the physical things but the way we feel as well like I think that being proud of yourself for not avoiding something if you're going to quantify it I think it's really important to to appreciate those things um and I don't I don't often want to qualify quantify them because I don't find a value in saying this was a big thing this was a small thing it can just be a thing um but I know exactly what you mean if I didn't avoid a thing or if I did a thing I guess to to frame it that way I'd appreciate that and that was one of the small things that I could appreciate and I say small in quote marks it probably felt (laughs) quite big at the time but also you're right the small things in seeing my niece walk past and being able to wave to her mm. uh, that's something I could that's something I could appreciate um or kind of be, <laughs> being thrown a roll of toilet paper out the window <laughs> uh, you know that's I, it's a small thing but it, it would have meant a lot at the time and yeah. um or, or things like for me you, you know when we were told to you know you could go out for for one bit of exercise a day to start with so I did do that to start with um I must admit it oh yeah it gave me a whole load of challenges that that I didn't like but actually when you're when you're going out so like me me venturing into to town a lot more it's like that shop wasn't there when I last came down two years ago um you know uh, kind of noticing different changes or how some shop fronts had you know repainted and you know did stuff like that but it was also for me the changing of the seasons so you know going going out on that walk and going oh look that's grown or the silence of cars not being out oh and uh, again you know for me it's like a double-edged kind of thing there was me thinking oh that is fantastic that silence is just amazing because you can hear all the birds you know that make all their noises a lot um a lot sort of clearer but then it was also oh that's a slight worry because you know we're not out because we can't be out and and things like that so focusing on actually the appreciation of those things kind of helped me to deal with the concern of them as well if, if that makes any sense makes perfect sense and it's actually one of the things I used to break up the monotony um so between uncertainty and monotony um like just being mindful and noticing the world around me on my daily walk that that we could go on um that's something that could make it could kind of take away the edge of that groundhog day feeling Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think you're so right. I can remember like looking out my window and just watching the tree, the leaves on the trees fall away and things, and um, like it just made it made the year feel like it was going by so quickly. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah no it's the small things it, it, I think it always was in my recovery the small things yeah and I, I think you know when when we have to to make big changes for, for whatever reason it does help us to appreciate you know those different things like you know the quiet mm. helps me really to appreciate the fact that I'm really quite introverted you know and I kind of felt that I've now finally embraced that side of me and it was like actually no I do I do like quiet I do like um things that are perhaps done on my own you know not, not that I don't like people as such it's like I need that restorative time by myself and all right there could be an element of the lockdowns gave me far too much of that so perhaps I've gone a little bit the other way I'm not sure but just uh, for me oh it was the radio you know, there, there was nothing to watch that was worthwhile on the telly. It was all doom and gloom. So um, I had the radio on, you know, sort of listening to Radio 2 in the evenings. Um, I completed the knitting of a scarf that I started, I don't know how long ago. And it was just like, ah, I'm just taking this time to be. And when did I last do that sort of different, um, you know, just taking that time so yeah and I think I don't know but what about for you Tim how did working from home and working virtually sort of affect how you felt well this was a whole thing in itself because I <laughs> I started working with well-being or for well-being um in just towards yeah the end tail end of last year I think mm -hmm. it is it's, mm -hmm. it all kind of blurs together now <laughs> it was the strangest experience having my interview over uh, teams and like um, they said I'll do presentation and I was like there's the whiteboard behind me I don't know why <laughs> so kind of like doing a PowerPoint presentation which I didn't do in the end I did a um, like a word presentation um, which must have worked because I'm doing a podcast today <laughs> um, and yeah that was a really strange experience I'd never worked from home before and um, it was there was definitely room for me to do to blur that line between work and home um and it and there were some things that I kind of had to put in place there to make sure that I wasn't getting too into work not to sound too cliche but I genuinely love my job I love everything about it and given a chance I'll do too much of it um mm -hmm. so it became became a case of kind of monitoring that and little things like putting my again quantifying them but little things like putting my laptop away at the end of the day and um one of my supervisors said it gave me a tip of saying I finished work at the end of the day close my laptop and say I finished work and it was something that gave me the break between that yeah and and, and like you say you know there'll be pissed, people listening to to this podcast sort of going yeah I started my job in the lockdown you know um, I've never met my team in person I've, I've seen their faces and you know it's all these different things you know pe people who've perhaps come become parents over lockdown and, and how different an experience you know that must have been as, as well and it's yeah I mean it, it's interesting because um you know I obviously have done this job prior to, to lockdown and, and worked in sort of very different ways uh, to, to you have and again it's, it's those there's two different ways of looking at it isn't it those adjustments that we have to make in that 
you know, I was used to, to working in the community and I actually went on annual leave just as lockdown and everything was, was kicking off. So I kind of had my annual leave and I'm like, I'm really not sure what the world's going to look like when I open my laptop and find out, yeah. you know, how those things are. And I, I think, again, there's, there's different experiences, isn't there? I mean, working from home and working virtually, I really enjoyed it and we still really, really enjoy it. But there'll be people listening who are like, oh, my word, no, that was my worst nightmare coming together uh, and all of that. And again, it's how we then learnt to, to go with it. You know, like, like you say, it's very, very easy when we work from home for the work life balance to disappear completely because yeah. it's like I'll just do this and I'll just do this and there's no um sort of external pressure in terms of well I need to get in my car and drive home and it's dark and you know want to go home there isn't that kind of feeling to to, to push that and yeah, like you say it, it's just having to be very boundaried and very no it's you know for me it's four o'clock it's four o'clock I finished work that's it boof gone put it away um and it's it's definitely a learning curve as well but i think people have also said to us within the team you know working from home helps them to appreciate their home i mean there's there's nothing like being in it permanently to, to to make you kind of notice the different things or um yeah how you use it and sort of different things like that and it's um you know perhaps one of those things where we think oh, okay actually that's an interesting way to work and thought about doing it like that before um and i know one of our colleagues was sharing with us in terms of online stuff they were saying um they they actually were able to go to an event online which they'd have been too anxious to attend in person and yeah. they would have never experienced and I think that's interesting too, isn't it? Well, yeah, no, kind of... I totally agree. And it, um, I actually remember, I think I was there when we talked about it and it mm. sounded so much fun. Um, yeah. And if you listen, and I still owe you the CD, which goes along with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, no, and it was really, you could hear how excited they were talking about it. And I could totally relate to that. It's one of my things in lockdown that kept me going. Um, and I love talking about it because I absolutely love it. The Animal Crossing um, on the Nintendo <laughs> Switch, a bunch of friends and I got together um, and made a Discord server. Um, and it actually got pretty big and it became a thing that every weekend people get together and it was something to look forward to. And um, I'd always valued online relationships, but this I feel like lockdown has illuminated how valid they can be and how meaningful mm. they can be when you're not necessarily sitting in front of that person um and some of the some of my best friends today i've never actually met I've, they're just people that I've, i know because i've been to their island or we've chatted on discord who but we speak every day now mm. uh, and i think that's something that i'm actually grateful for um out of lockdown is that I've, some of the best friends i've, I've ever had i've made in lockdown mm. uh, but not and, necessarily met them. And I, I've just remembered, and I can't believe, Tim, that I've forgotten this experience, but I obviously had. Um, I actually went to a, a festival online in lockdown. Okay. Uh, I've never gone to a festival before, and it was um, festival, so it's like a family-orientated one. And um, they basically were suggesting that uh, you, you made a, a campsite in your living room 
and you camped it out and in the morning oh I think there was was a morning meditation or something like that so you know in in my early 40s I made a tent in my living room it was amazing unbelievable fun um <laughs> it collapsed on me in the middle of the night because I used a part of my hoover to hold it up but I didn't care because I was doing this camping thing and then I did uh, an online dance class I think it was I went to after that and I you can't you know when you're like in your living room you're like I can't really believe this is what I'm actually doing but oh goodness me it was it was fun and yeah. you know it's probably the only way you'll get me going to a festival is is doing it online but like you said it's it's kind of we had to think differently we had to, to do things differently and actually being able to carry those on you know in a world that looks very different to how it looked um this time last year is is, is really nice um as well and sort of embracing those different ways to, to do it you know I mean oh and I also watched um what was that I think it was a streetcar named desire online so it was uh, a national theatre thing and they they'd recorded it previously and they were launching it online to watch so you know actually got to watch that with some really brilliant actresses and, and actors in it and again it was like well is this something that I would have done previously no, yeah. no, no. That that's such a good example, though. Because and it, I don't. Can I say the band's name? Are we allowed to say band's name on here? Well, I don't know, but let's see what happens. Let's, let's see what happens. <laughs> if we get a letter, we'll, we'll edit it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of my favourite bands of all time, Enter Shikari. They had loads of dates booked um, over over last year, and they couldn't do any of them because of lockdown. Um, so what they did was they instead of um, having the physical um, gigs, they did them all online. And the way that the music changed was, it was like a different band. It was still the same band, but the way that it changed and the way they adapted to it, it made me think about one of my core philosophies in, in recovery, which is thinking about what I can do and not what I can't do. And I love the idea that this band um, they they looked at all these tour dates just disappearing and they said what can we do and they've actually got an old there's actually an album that they released of all the songs that they played during lockdown so I think they, they did one once a week um, and I think that's something I always remember just how that how I could relate to that like they you know they made it work for them somehow and actually it's some of the best music they ever released um, or playing their instruments from home so they were working from home as well yeah and I think it's it's also helped us you know to to get our creative brains going we had to find alternatives you know we could just like say we could focus on the con oh i can't do this so therefore oh dear or we can actually go right i can't do that what can i do instead yeah. you know what was different i just thought it was amazing you know that they did this festival completely online you know yeah. and like i say would I have made a tent in my living room uh, in my early 40s without that? Uh, probably not. No, I don't think it's something I would have done. But, you know, it's an experience that makes me smile because it's like we had to find alternatives and it showed our resilience. You know, things literally changed overnight. I remember watching the government announcement and then lots of messages coming on my phone and it's like, oh, OK this this is this is strange you know this is something that we have never ever been through we've never experienced you know we've 
we've pretty much been able to get through life how we want to within reason um, and yeah it changed overnight and we had to just go with it didn't we really and I think like you talked about you know what's important in your own recovery but particularly for me it's acceptance yeah. in in terms of uh, you know mindfulness and it's like I can't change this the more I strive against it the worse I'm going to feel so I'm going to accept that this is how this is at this moment in time and look at what I do next you know what what what's the next thing what's the thing that's going to help me put one foot in in front of the other and sort of focus on that no I totally get that as well that was very my god that was such a strange couple of strange couple of weeks at the start and mm. I think one of the one of the things I noticed was it seemed like such a unifying experience did you notice that in the way that people came they feel like people came together even just the building that I live in people were writing lists on the board of things that they needed or offering like if you need anything come to us and everyone um it felt like yeah unifying experience is the best way I can articulate that it felt like it was people were coming together to help each other do you remember there was like 500,000 volunteers mm. um to help out and it's something like that it just made it made it made me feel so good for humanity as a whole just to see people doing that mm, uh, and, and like you know captain tom doing yeah. his walking and there was the, the um a child who was camping out in their garden and they literally did that for a year didn't they just to, to, to raise money and yeah like, like you say you know people pulling together working together because we're all in this you know we, we might be experiencing it in so different ways but it's it's you know it's all the sort of same situation and that that was really nice and I kind of sometimes feel now you know are we going in a different direction uh I don't know I don't really think it's for, for this podcast to perhaps you know uh, sort of deep go into that yeah. but yeah it, it's, it's kind of those things that that bring us together and and kind of keep us going through what has been the strangest and most difficult of times really isn't it it's yeah, no, for sure uh, it's kind of kind of difficult and yeah I'm kind of sort of uh, thinking Tim you know we've covered a lot there in in terms of our reflections and the reflections of people uh, within the team and I think for me you know I think it has shown all of us actually how strong we are yeah. we've got through this and all right we might be tired and we might be finding it difficult and we might be sort of thinking oh crumbs not again um, but you know we've we can use that recovery story to kind of go, yeah, okay, we don't want to really be going through this again, but we've got through it before. What were the tools and techniques that helped me then? Exactly. Uh, are there any tools and techniques that actually don't help me now that I need to tweak and change? And yeah, just, just trying to keep forward and, you know, kind of, I'm kind of thinking when we release this, Tim, you know, um, will, will the world be looking very different? Um, we don't know, do we? It's like we said right at the start, that level of uncertainty yeah. that we've all had to really learn to tolerate as, as much as we were, we were able to. So, yeah, thanks for, for our uh, podcast today. Some interesting themes have been covered. So uh, just to bring everything together, we've, Tim and I have been reflecting on the challenges and the changes of the past two years. 
If you're listening to this podcast and you'd like to refer yourself to the Wellbeing Service, it's really simple. You can self-refer to the Wellbeing Service and you can do so via the website or over the telephone. If you're listening to this podcast currently having treatment within the Wellbeing Service and would like to have peer support, then please do speak to your therapist who can make the referral for you. So thank you so much for listening to our podcast this afternoon and for joining us again. Thanks for listening. Please do subscribe. It's free and means the podcast will automatically download every fortnight. Do rate and review our podcast and follow our social media accounts. They're all in the show notes. And more than anything, look after yourself.